Next up, Rick and Rick rule the box office as everyone's favorite Rickheads reveal their favorite sci-fi movies of all time. I'm Rick Matheson. Hey, I'm Rick Wooten, and uh, this last week I was reading an article on what the, the top 10 science fiction movies were of all time, and as I looked through it, I decided there was no way I agreed, and there were quite a few that I felt that were missing, so I, I challenged Rick to come up with a list of what his top 10 movies were. And I hate you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what crack I was smoking when I filled out this list of movies, because if it if I'd done it this morning, it might have been a completely different list or different order or whatever, but let's give it a shot. So yeah, my list is unexpected, and the choices that I put on here strike me as a steaming pile of emoji, but I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the emoji movie's not on there, right? No. It is a steaming pile of emoji, but it's my steaming pile of emoji, so I'm going to stick with this list, at least for today. So my number 10 <clears throat> is The Omega Man from 1971. This is, Wow. Yes. So I'm not talking about Will Smith with whatever the hell it was. I, I am legend. That is a remake of this movie. So this is 1971, Charlton Heston as the main character. He is the last survivor of a plague that has turned everyone into zombies. And it is written by Richard Matheson, which cracked me up. <laughs> and That's the, awesome. Yes. So uh, Matheson figures actually, I think a couple times in my lists, but he is obviously a prolific sci-fi writer and he wrote Spielberg's first movie, Duel. So Charlton Heston, he is the last survivor. He was working on a vaccine for this disease before the, the plague strikes. Everyone's turned into these nocturnal zombie creatures. But at its time, it was that they were, they were essentially, they were hippies. So they weren't monsters <laughs> like in I Am Legend. They were kind of cult members and they would walk through the streets at night in long black robes and have sunglasses on and they had pale faces and they were out to remove. They were psychotic maniacs who wanted to remove all the last vestiges of what was before. The movie's horrible, uh, but, to <laughs> but totally fun. I loved it as a kid. Scared the pants off me when I was a kid. I bet. And the music was great. Charleston he uh, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of that time period. He was in all those sort of action-packed movies. And uh, I enjoy just enjoyed the hell out of this movie. You've never nice. seen it. I, I've never seen it. I, you know, there was a couple of movies when I was a kid that uh, I watched on late night TV, and this might actually have been one of them. It uh, what was so funny about this, too, is it was filmed in downtown L.A., and at that time, you could pretty much go to downtown L.A., and it would be empty. <laughs> there would just be well, you know, nobody around. Uh, obviously, they blocked off uh, you know, roads in either way, but it was really interesting to see this sort of empty landscape you know, without people around, and uh, Charlton Heston kind of going nuts like the uh, Will Smith character in I Am Legend. And by the way, a little bit of trivia, they're both remakes of an older film called The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. So this movie has a long history, and there was also a script for I Am Legend that was not made that was going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the script is by far better than either of these movies. Uh, it's online, and it is—it would have been terrifying. And it was set in San Francisco with the final battle in the BART tunnels. Oh, interesting. So why didn't that movie get made? Too expensive at the time. But in this version, these things were like leaping over fences and stuff and uh, oh. just terrifying creatures. So that would have been one hell of a movie. But that's my number 10, yeah. The Omega Man, 1971. Yeah. 
All right. So I'll tell you my number 10. So my number, you know, the thing I, I had the hard, I had two things that were very hard about creating this list. The first one was getting it down to 10. Yeah. Uh, I had, I think I had 17 right away. And, and so then it was, all right, I get to stack rank these. And that was the second part that was really incredibly hard is trying to figure out how to stack rank these. So yeah. I'm still not convinced I have them in the right stack order. But with that said, number 10 for me was 12 monkeys. Ah. You know, uh, I'm a huge Bruce Willis fan. I'm a huge, uh, you know, time traveling, you know, how, how things could have changed and, you know, how things from the future could be coming back and changing time now fan. And so uh, this movie totally hit it for me. You know, the idea that, you know, in the future, there was this, this uh, epidemic, this plague that, completely destroyed the world you know everybody was dying but the last survivor somehow managed to send somebody back in time to like learn about it and to change the past and to to make things different totally fascinated by this movie and so it's it's one of my classics i i think they're that you know this is one of the movies that you would benchmark a lot of sci-fi show uh a lot of sci-fi movies against completely totally have you seen it oh yes i love that movie in fact it it was it's my number nine actually so i'm going to switch out mine fantastic movie and and what a lot of people don't know is it's actually based on a french short film from uh i want to say early 1960s it's black and white it was i want to say it was a student film but i I could be wrong about that but it was called uh, la jete and it was told through still photos but no i mean 12 monkeys love that movie Cool. So that's your 10. That was my number nine, but I'm going to switch it out because I had some notes in my margin here and I was kind of hesitant to mention it. It's not intuitive at all. So my number nine sci-fi movie is Home Alone 2 Lost in Manhattan. No, just kidding. Uh, My number... I thought you were going to say the emoji movie. No, I'm going to make my number nine movie the movie About Time. And it is from 2013, and it's directed by Richard Curtis, who did uh, Love Actually and Four Weddings and a Funeral, those movies. I don't know how I came across this movie, but I got sucked right in. It's Rachel McAdams and Bill Nighy and this young guy that I think is on the Star Wars movies now. I think he's one of the bad guys in Star Wars. This is a story about this guy who, when he turns 21 years old, he learns that the men in his family can travel through time. They can travel anywhere backward in time, and they just I think they just populate their bodies. I don't think there's like doubles walking around, if I remember correctly. And so it's almost like the butterfly effect if the butterfly effect were a romantic comedy. Um, it's too long. The movie's too long, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is not an intuitive member of a uh, of a top 10 list for sci-fi at all, but I don't know. I was smoking when I made this list, but that's going to be my number nine because uh, I just, I enjoyed it and uh, I felt it when I was making my list. So I haven't seen this one, you know, in most uh, time traveling movies, it tends to end badly. You know, somebody goes back, they change the past and all of a sudden everything in the future goes awry. Is that, is that how this movie goes or does it somehow end with a happy ending? Because you you said it was, you know, kind of a romantic uh, comedy. Yeah, no, there definitely are dramatic challenges. Uh, He does try again and again and again, and most of his changes are minimal. So they don't really have that sort of cascading effect. A couple of his choices are. And so he learned some lessons along the way, but by the end of the movie they played some nice little tricks on you and you come away just feeling feeling good 
So for me, my my number nine was Men in Black, and you know, I kind of I kind of struggled putting this on the list or not because it's it's kind of more of an action movie, a little fantasy, but it definitely to me it definitely was the epitome of one of the the classic sci-fi movies. Totally. And if you in uh, in one of the ways that I measured what I was going to put on my list is which movies do I think made an impression that either uh, was copied over and over again afterwards, or you could see its influence throughout you know, the movie time afterwards, like, right. you know, there, there's certain you know, movies higher on my list where to, even in today's society, we talk about, you know, this incident or that situation, or, you know, the, this special effect that came out of that movie. Right. And, and I felt like men in black was, was definitely one of these where, you know, they combined the action and the comedy and they, they brought in this, you know, sci-fi aspect of it. And of course, you know, you've got uh, Will Smith and what was the other guy? Uh, not Billy Dee Williams. <laughs> what is his name? Tommy Lee Jones. And it was a Tommy three Jones, Exactly. And the two of them together, just you know, the chemistry was perfect and they just completely nailed it. So uh, this one definitely made one of one of my uh, my top lists. My number eight, The Planet of the Apes. Not the newer cycle. Definitely not the Wahlberg incident. <laughs> <laughs> the 2000 <laughs> Planet of the Apes that I just want to forget about. I am talking about the original, 1968. One of my all-time favorites. It's directed by Franklin Schaffner. The writer on this was Rod Serling from Twilight Zone. But what was so great about that movie when you're a kid is there was a lot going on. I mean, they were making a lot of commentary about science and religion and politics and kind of social commentary, but all within this context of these you know, astronauts landing on a planet, you know, after a long journey, something's gone wrong, they crash land and discover that they're on a planet run by apes. It's kind of a pre-industrial society of apes that have a stratified society of scientists and uh, military and these sort of religious mores that keep them from questioning anything that is not sort of laid down in, in their religious texts. And Charlton Heston as Taylor, the astronaut, goes through this great adventure all the way through, you know, take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. That's right, that's right. To discovering at the very end that last scene where he's on the beach and sees the Statue of Liberty buried in uh, shoulder deep in rock and sand and realizes that he had simply returned home many thousands of years later and that man had ended up destroying himself. That blew me away when I was five or whatever when I saw it. Just loved that movie. You know, I had read one time that both the studios and the uh, the actual the guy who uh, who wrote the book uh, felt that it wouldn't actually make a good movie and that they weren't totally bought into it. And that it was actually the, the person who adapted it to the screenplay and the makeup artist who convinced them to actually make it. And, right. uh, and what's interesting is the makeup won the Academy Award that year for Best Makeup, but everyone said that it was a mistake because 2001, A Space Odyssey came out that same year. And at yeah. the very beginning, they have these apes at the beginning that are so realistic, people thought they were real apes. And so everyone was saying, oh, they got robbed. It shouldn't have been uh, Planet of the Apes. So for me, my number eight was Alien. You know, this is uh, back in 1979. This is one of the older movies I have on my list. Back in 1979, this this completely changed everything. I mean, that you, you got to think about when this movie was made. The special effects were all physical. They, they there was no digital special effects. Right. You know, they had to they had to come up with how to how to do all these crazy scenes, these spacecrafts, these aliens. 
with with you know puppets and with you know different stop action animation and it was you know to me one of the most iconic impactful uh, space movies that, that that have come out, and you know, of course, Sigourney Weaver, she just absolutely killed it. She will for always be the the Ripley of that series. Um, and so for me, this this then as a kid, I remember going to see this in the in the theater, and it just terrified me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> forever changed my my view of aliens being you know friendly ETs. <laughs> 